reading numbers in June of 2019, but posted in July, coming near the end, it's chapter 32. Now many livestock had the sons of Reuben and the sons of Gad, an exceedingly mighty amount. And they saw the land of Yazer and the land of Gilead. Here, the place was a place fit for livestock. So the sons of Reuben and the sons of Gad came and said to Moshe, to Eliezer the priest, and to the leaders of the community, saying, Atarot and Devon, Yazar and Nimrah, Heshbon and Elalah, Savon, Navo and Baon, the land that Yahweh has struck before the community of Israel, it is a land for livestock, and your servants have livestock. And he said, If we have found favor in your eyes, let this land be given to your servants as a holding. Do not make us cross the Jordan. Moshe said to the sons of Gad and to the sons of Reuben, Should your brothers go out to war, and you, you stay here? Why would you constrain the will of the children of Israel from crossing into the land that Yahweh has given them. Thus did your fathers, when I sent them out of Kadash Barnes, Barnea to see the land. They went up as far as Wadi Eshkol and saw the land. Then they constrained the will of the children of Israel, so they did not come into the land that Yahweh had given them. And the anger of Yahweh flared up on that day, and he swore, saying, If they should see the men who went up from Egypt from the age of twenty and upward, the soil about which I swore to Abraham, to Yitzhak, and to Ahav, for they did not follow fully after me, excepting Caleb, son of Yephune, the Kenizzite, and Yahashua, son of Nun, for they followed fully after Yahweh. And the anger of Yahweh flared up against Israel. And he had them wander in the wilderness for 40 years until it came to an end. That whole generation that was doing what was ill in the eyes of Yahweh. Now here you have arisen in place of your fathers, a brood of sinning men to add further to the flaming anger of Yahweh against Israel. If you turn away from him, he will add further to leave them in the wilderness, and you will bring ruin upon this whole people. They came close to him and said, Sheep fences we will build for our livestock here, and towns for our little ones. And as for us, we shall be drafted hastily before the children of Israel until we have brought them to their region. But our little ones will stay in towns fortified against the inhabitants of the land. We will not return to our houses until the children of Israel have inherited each man his inheritance. For we will not take inheritance with them across the Jordan and further on, 
for our inheritance has become ours across the Jordan towards sunrise. Moshe said to them, If you do this thing, if you are drafted before Yahweh for war, and you cross the Jordan, every hand-picked man before Yahweh, until he has dispossessed his enemies from before him, and the land is subdued before Yahweh, afterward you may return, and then you will be clear of all obligation before Yahweh and before Israel. This land will be for you as a holding before Yahweh. But if you do not do this, here, you will have sinned against Yahweh and know your sin, that it will overtake you. Build yourselves towns for your little ones and fences for your flocks. And what has gone out of your mouths do. Then said the sons of Gad and the sons of Reuben to Moshe, saying, Your servants will do as my Lord commands. Our little ones, our wives, our livestock, and all our animals will stay there in the towns of Gilead. Your servants will cross over. Every drafted member of the armed forces before Yahweh in war, as my Lord has spoken. So Moshe commanded Eliezer the priest concerning them, and Yahashua, son of Nun, and the heads of the fathers of the tribes of the children of Israel. And Moshe said to them, If the sons of Gad and the sons of Reuben cross over the Jordan with you, Everyone drifted before war, before Yahweh. Then the land is subdued before you. You may give them the land of Gilead as an inheritance. But if the drafted warriors do not cross over with you, they will receive holdings with you in the land of Canaan. The sons of Gad and the sons of Reuben answered, saying, what Yahweh has spoken to your servants, thus will we do. We ourselves will cross over as drafted men before Yahweh into the land of Canaan. Remaining with us will be our inherited holding across the Jordan. So Moshe gave to them, to the sons of Gad, the sons of Reuben, and half the tribe of Manasseh, son of Yosef, the kingdom of Sihon, king of the Amorites, the kingdom of Og, king of Bashan, the land as regards its towns and the territories, the towns of the land all around. And the sons of Gad rebuilt Devon, Atarat, and Aurora, Atarat, Shofan, Yaazer, and Yochbeha, and Beit Nimrah, and Beit Haran, as fortified cities and as fences for flocks. And the sons of Reuven rebuilt Heshbon and Elelai and Kiriataim and Navo and Baalmeon of changed name and Sivna. And they called them by other names, the names of the towns that they built. 
They went out to the sons of Machir, sons of Manasseh, to Gilead. They conquered it and dispossessed the Amorites who were in it. And Moshe gave Gilead to Machir, son of Manasseh, and he settled there. And Yair, son of Manasseh, marched out and conquered their villages. He called them Tavot Yair, fortified villages of Yair. And Nova went out and conquered Cana and its daughter towns. And he called it Nova after his own name. So ends chapter 22, explaining the tribes of the Transjordan and their land claims and their relationship to the covenant. It all comes up again in Joshua and Judges, but that's another day. Number and footnotes, week six, party ready. Friday, chapter 32, straddling a line. Chapter 32 revisits the etiological legends explaining why Gad and Reuben and the half-tribe of Manasseh claimed their home in the Transjordan, including Gilead. We know this turf as Jordan, the Hashemite kingdom, including Amman, and extending to the Golan Heights. In our lifetime, modern states have asserted territorial claims acting as proxy for imperial interests. So what's true? Ever. The story is linked to the victory against Midian, the location of Moab, the earlier stories of fighting Sion and Og of the Amorites. These herding tribes are permitted to claim home across the Jordan on condition that they first fully share with the other tribes in their struggles to enter the land. In some traditions, they even agree to act as shock troops going first in Joshua's campaigns. Moses challenges the representatives of the two tribes and the half-tribe with reminders of the failure of nerve a generation earlier. Only Caleb and Joshua were militant. The rest of the scouts counseled caution and avoidance of conflict with the people in the land. This generation must not repeat the past, and solidarity is required from each and every tribe. The tradition maintains the challenge to these tribes, noting that they spoke of their cattle before their children, tempted to keep their current prosperity. These tribes were the first exiled and lost in the account of 1 Chronicles 5.26. Tradition builds Tanaim, the law of conditional contracts, on this agreement. First, state the condition twice, positively and negatively, positive before negative, with the if before the what, and the condition fulfillable. The tribes of the Sands Jordan then take over the lands in Moab of the Amorites from kings Sihon and Og. Their towns are fortified, their households are settled, and then their warriors join the rest of the troops at the edge of the Jordan facing Jericho. This addition has reconciled traditions also reflected in Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Joshua, the former prophets. This can be read as territorial land claim, of course, and has been in our generations. However, on the heels of the militant opposition to the Midianites and the rejection of assimilation and accommodation to the dominant culture, this response to another set of boundary regions and peoples might be read as a softer approach to the country cousins across the Jordan. They belong to us. 
country cousins. Over millennia, these texts are read in varying contexts. Pure biological and genetic determinism is not defining the people of God. There is an element of covenant with the divine and among groups. Some of that is about propositional belief and ritual practices, but much of it is about commitments to mutual self-help, non-aggression against one another, and promises to defend against common foes. Which of our co-religionists across the ecumenical spectrum are part of, but not fully, us, like the two tribes and the half-tribe? Across the Abrahamic interfaith communion, how close are our varied cousins claiming Judaism or Islam? At what point are the secular and imperial Baals of productivity and social Darwinism closer analogues to the Midianites, requiring our militant resistance?